Welcome to the Be Your Own Health Hero podcast. I'm your host, Joe Martinez. This show is for everyone who wants to better navigate their health and wellness journey. You'll get tips, resources, advice, and maybe a funny story or two. So put on your capes and hold on to your hats because we're going to talk about it. Self-care is a buzzword that strikes a chord of anxiety into the hearts of many people. What is self-care? Many of us think it's about pampering yourself. A manicure, a day at the spa, maybe an afternoon of shopping. But what about taking a guilt-free nap? Could it be as simple as an uninterrupted five-minute morning meditation session? As working folks, sometimes our day-to-day can become so overwhelming that we can feel taking a moment to rest when we have so much on our plates is selfish. In actuality, it is the epitome of self-care to rest and reset so we can accomplish that massive to-do list. It's about time we change our mindset regarding self-care, how we define it, and how we can implement it into our daily healthy habits. When I got my very first corporate job, I was a receptionist for the headquarters of a very well-known fashion company. As the forward face of the team, I was informed that my appearance was to be kept up at all times. I had to be well-groomed, hair, nails, and makeup, and I was given a clothing allowance along with my corporate discount to be sure I was always wearing the latest product lines for the company. I worked in the accessories division, so in addition to clothes, I got costume jewelry, belts, scarves, and handbags to match. To some, this may sound like a dream. For me, the pressure wasn't so much fun. I have absolutely zero skills with hair or nails, so that meant endless hours on busy weekends sitting in salons to maintain the image. Where some ladies may think a mani-pedi and a haircut are relaxing, it filled me with anxiety. I had to schedule time with my toddler very carefully and spend my stipends really wisely. I felt guilty for taking time away from my endless errands with my family to manage this frivolous must-do. Of course, my gal pals thought I was crazy for hating the process and the stipend, but it made me miserable. As much as I miss the clothing and the perks, I don't miss those days. I still have to allow professionals to hook me up these days, but it's a lot less stress-inducing, and I'm grateful for that. Over time, I realized that I appreciate a massage over a mani-pedi, and so began my journey through the complicated maze of self-care. Recently, I read a definition that I found on good old Google. It said, self-care is, quote, the practice of taking action to preserve or improve one's own health and taking an active role in protecting one's well-being and happiness, in particular, during periods of stress. Hmm. I want to dive into these definitions and apply them for our own use. But first, we need to know what the pillars of self-care really are. Although there are varying opinions on how many there are, some say four and others say seven, the basic principles remain the same. They are defined as physical, social, emotional, intellectual, and spiritual. Bon Secours' website says, to practice self-care, you need to make time for it. However, when you work to nurture all parts of yourself, 
there's a good chance you'll feel happier and more balanced. So the big question is, how do we make time for ourselves without guilt and still do it all? So let's start with pillar one, the physical. Nutrition, physical activity, and good sleep hygiene are the keys to being healthy. We all know we should eat right, move our bodies, and get plenty of rest. We should also drink plenty of water and mind our own business. Thanks, Patrice Roberts. In episode one, I talked about making a plan and figuring out what your physical activity should be based on your goals, your why, your schedule, and what you like to do. Plan, plan, plan. The same ideas apply here. We have to schedule our downtime wisely. Although I have the active parts down pat, I struggle with creating a sleep routine. I'm a night owl, and I have been for as long as I can remember. I used to love staying up late to watch old horror movies with my big sister when I was a kid. In my teens, I would immerse myself in books and lose all track of time. Most recently, I literally worked a night shift, so my bed sh bedtime was usually around 5 a.m. To say that I have a jacked-up circadian clock is an understatement. So how have I actively tried to improve this? Well, I'm glad you asked. I started with a lot of research. Information is ammunition. The more you know, right? I read articles and books about sleep habits and how they affect your well-being directly. I attended sleep study events where post-lecture, they would give away swag like lavender oil to anoint your bedroom, eye masks to block light, which really work well for me, and even demoed innovative things like nap pods for office buildings. Oh, how I wish I had access to those when I worked nights. One of the main things I did was I got a Fitbit to help me track my sleep timing, which is extremely important information to know. Not only did it tell me how long I slept, it gave me a rating for my quality of sleep. That's super important. Armed with that knowledge, I was able to piece together the puzzle of when to work out, how close to bedtime I should stop eating, and things I should do to wind down to promote good quality sleep. It's still a work in progress, but I ain't where I used to be. Another thing that was really important was to clue my family in on what I was doing and what I needed to be better. My family can tell you I am not a morning person. So knowing that I was trying to get better sleep in order to be less of a raving monster upon waking was something that everybody was down with. Pillar two, social. Social support, that is. I don't know about y'all, but I used to love me a good party. Now, I love a good night at home in my PJs all by myself. But that doesn't mean that I don't need any social interaction. And I think that's where this pillar is headed. We are human. And we are creatures that need to be around other creatures for healthy survival. Now, it doesn't mean that you, if you're an introvert, you should go out and find a bunch of friends, hit the scene and do all the things. But it does suggest that you can interact with others in different ways. The old adage says, when you look good, you feel good. Sometimes, taking the time to get gustied up, you can improve your mood immensely. I live in sweats and leggings. But every once in a while, I don't mind putting on a face and being seen on a scene. My tolerance level for social interaction has shortened a great deal in these latter years, but I enjoy as much as I can handle with different things. Volunteering for a favorite charity, trying out a new hobby outside the home, or even a video call with someone I haven't chatted with in a while. Which reminds me, I owe some friends a virtual happy hour call really soon. Those are the best comfy, cute loungewear, 
my favorite drinks and snacks, and the best part, no need to call an Uber at the end of the night. If the lockdown taught me anything, it was how to be creative. Some social interaction is better than none. One of my favorite aunts actually taught me about enjoying my own company even in the midst of others by doing things by myself. For example, I love to go to art classes or Peyton sip events where I can have a great time with people who enjoy the same activity even though we're strangers. I don't have to make friends at these events, but just being in the atmosphere with like-minded people is cool. It allows me to be present as my nerdy self and practice mindfulness while enjoying something fun. Pillar three, emotional. Emotional self-care is the act of becoming aware of and identifying what you are feeling and allowing yourself to channel those feelings in a way that benefits your overall wellness. Knowing yourself and acknowledging how stress feels in your body, then recognizing that you need to implement some techniques to decompress are key. You may notice that stress reveals itself in different ways. Some folks break out with acne. Some people get headaches or stomach aches. Others become irritable. You know you best. So whatever your signs are, take a moment to recognize how you are feeling or what is triggering you and pause. Breathe. There are lots of methods that can be used to de-escalate a stressful situation, but have the courage to take a beat. In this case, I think Dr. Google can be your friend as you can find plenty of techniques at your fingertips to implement in certain circumstances. This pillar is one of the most difficult to tackle because it brings up the topic of potentially introducing therapy into your self-care routine. Many people are either reluctant to go to therapy, lack resources, or just don't believe in the benefits. Though I believe everyone should seek therapy at some point in life, and the sooner the better, giving yourself grace goes a long way in heading towards a healthier you. Also, don't be afraid to seek help. In this glorious age of telemedicine, you can find free or low-cost therapy through social services, nonprofits, universities, financial assistance, and employee assistance programs as well. And of course, your own social network can be extremely helpful. If they can't recommend you to a professional, at the very least, they can be a sympathetic ear and a shoulder to lean on. I know that I owe my besties a fee for all the times that I've vented to them. On the flip side, you can also be your own therapist with a little self-positive talk. The power of positivity is an amazing tool. It can be hard to speak positively to yourself, especially since we're our own worst critics. We can see every flaw and misstep or replay every false move endlessly, but that's a habit we all of us can use help in breaking. The incredible actress Jennifer Lewis has spoken at length in many interviews about the affirmations she's used over the years that have worked for her. If you don't know her story, please check her out. A meteorite, as she describes herself, Miss Lewis was, and still is, a superstar. Yet she was also diagnosed bipolar and dealt with a sex addiction. After undergoing years of therapy and medication, she's written a memoir and done many interviews on how self-care can save your life. One of my favorite stories of hers is when she describes what she does every morning to start her day. It's her sunrise affirmation. She says, <clears throat> I go to the bathroom, brush my teeth, spit it out, I look in the mirror, and then I say, pretty bitch. <laughs> I think I'm going to use that one for myself from now on. 
If it could work for Ms. Lewis, then it could work for me. Let's move on to pillar four, intellectual. So basically anything you do that stimulates your mind and cultivates your intellectual wellness in this category can be classified as self-care, easy. As we age, it's important for us to continuously stimulate brain function to stave off the effects of dementia and maintain levels of neuroplasticity. Things like puzzle solving, reading, and learning new creative hobbies are great ways to ensure we're taking care of our brains as much as our bodies. I think my love for murder mystery novels will help me in the long run because I have to figure out who done it. So what's your technique? Have you always wanted to learn piano? Do it. Long considered taking salsa lessons but never made time for it? Go ahead and book that class. All those days you spent playing Wordle? Well worth it in the long run. Drinking water is particularly helpful in this case as well considering hydration is incredibly important to brain function. So eat well, get creative, stay hydrated, and stay curious. Your brain and body will thank you. Pillar five, spirituality. According to Very Well Mind, spiritual self-care involves anything that helps you develop a deeper sense of meaning and understanding. Spiritual self-care can also help you get in tune with the beliefs and values that guide your life. As a recovering Catholic, I can say that I do not attend church as regularly as my mother would like, but I have retained the morals and lessons I received from my family, church home, and nine years of Catholic school. Today, spirituality can be practiced in so many ways. It's all about connecting with the divine and recognizing that which is bigger than you. Some find it through meditation or yoga, while others can find it by honoring what their heart yearns for in ways to do good deeds and take action for change. For some, connecting with nature can be as fulfilling as attending church services to others. The truth of the matter is, there is no right or wrong answer as to what spiritual self-care really is because it is as bio-individual as we all are. Okay, I feel like I was teaching a class there for a minute. Whew. But in the spirit of sharing information, I feel duty-bound to do a little recap. So here we go. Self-care is the practice of actively preserving or improving your health and happiness, especially during periods of stress. The pillars of self-care include the physical, nutrition, good sleep, hygiene, hydration, and physical activity. So eat well, move your body, get good quality sleep, and please drink water and mind your business. The social, interact with others and avoid isolation. Get gussied up and go outside or get cute and have a virtual meetup with your besties. It will work wonders for your mood. The emotional, practice positive self-talk. Take time to assess your body's reaction to stress and use techniques to de-escalate your tension levels. Breathe. Remember, it's okay to not be okay and ask for help. The intellectual. Keep that brain bouncing, y'all. Read, play games, solve puzzles, learn a new skill, take a class. Stimulate your mind. It's just that simple. The spiritual. You don't have to take a sabbatical and climb Everest to find a spiritual guru who will give you the answers to life and all its meaning. If that's your bag, then have at it. For everyone else, find your passion. Give back. Commune with like-minded people to help improve your community or immerse yourself a little deeper in your faith. Find the soup for your soul and replenish it often. This was the introduction to this topic and a building block of sorts. 
Therefore, it is the first of many conversations I plan on having here about it. As I said before, self-care is bio-individual, so there are many more ways we can uncover how to achieve the best there is for us. I look forward to panel discussions, in-depth talks with therapists and healers from the community, and even from you, my fellow health heroes. Send me your thoughts and let's discuss. Have a topic you want to know more about? Found a particular self-care practice that you love or hate and want to dive deeper into it? Email me and I'll make sure we cover it. Well, my friends, the time has come. I want to thank you all for tuning in and listening to the Be Your Own Health Hero podcast. Don't forget to tell all your super friends that they can find me on their favorite podcast platforms, on Instagram as BYO Health Hero, or you can email me at info at beyourownhealthhero.com. Please like, subscribe, and share. I'm your host, Joe Martinez, and until next time, I'm out.